Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. How you guys doing? I heard one, one person over here that was excited. Everybody else is fairly mediocre. How's everybody doing? There we go. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so guys, I'm super pumped to be with you. Hey, can we give it up to Jason and his team for leading us in worship? Stoked to be here doing ministry with them. Guys, I'm, so here's the deal. All right, tonight, tomorrow morning, tomorrow night, Sunday morning, okay, we just, we, we got a little bit of time together over this epic weekend. We got just a little bit of time together. And what I want to do with you each time we gather together in this space is I want to dig into the word. I want to look at God's word. And I want to talk about this idea of kingdom tapestry and what that looks like. How do we fit together? How is God using the different elements of our story? All right. But since we're going to be focusing our time in the word, we got to kick it off by getting focused on the word. So here's, I, I kind of borrowed this really cool pastor. His name's Miles McPherson. He's got this church called the Rock Church out in California. And he does this thing called the word wave. And I kind of borrowed it from him, and it's, I'm gonna, I want to challenge you guys with it. You, you up to it? Let me do the word wave. All right. So how many guys ever been to a professional sporting event, and you do the wave? You know, the, you, know you see, and it, anybody ever see it like you're in a baseball stadium? Maybe, maybe you've, you went to an Orioles game, or you went to, uh, or you went to a Nationals game uh, for, for Grace Life. You're not, eh, a little further from D.C., but, you know, maybe you're going to a baseball game, hockey game, whatever it might be. Anybody ever seen the wave go like all the way around the stadium? Like perfectly? It's so cool. It's so cool. So here's what we're going to do. And it's going to look a little different each night that we do it, okay? But for, for tonight, let's see. I feel like I'm going to start over here with Grace Life. So we're going to do the wave, all right? So we're going to start here. We're going to work our way across the room. But what you have to do is you have to say, word. So by the time we get to the other side of the room, everybody's standing, everybody's doing the wave and saying, word. All right. So what's your name? Charlotte, you're, you're like the start. You're the beginning and everybody else in this row. It's not just you. Don't worry. Okay. You guys ready? On count of three. One, two, three. Word. All right. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. All right. Take a seat. Take a seat. Can you guys, can you guys match? Can you start it out just as well? Huh? Living word. Okay. All right. You ready? Now we're going. Now we're going back. We're coming back. Throwing it back. All right, ready? Whoa, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Calm down there, Bessie. Okay. All right. Here we go. One, two, three. Word. I love it. I love it. Good stuff. All right. So guys, I'm, I'm so excited to be bringing the word to you this weekend, but I want you to know who I am, a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Brandon Vyth. You can call me Brandon. You can call me Pastor Brandon. doesn't really matter to me. Um, I've been serving as the student young adult pastor at Genesis Church up in York, Pennsylvania. Shout out Grace Fellowship, Shrewsbury, Living Word. Um, we actually, for a long time, we went by Grace Fellowship, and we had so many different issues with people showing up at our Grace Fellowship, looking for y'all's Grace Fellowship, and vice versa. And we said, and we're not related. There's no, there's no affiliation, no connection. So we changed our name to Genesis a couple of years ago. Uh, so little kind of familiarity there. Uh, but this is my lovely family that I am so blessed with. Aubrey, go back to the title slide. Go back 
So go back to the title slide. Okay, guys, I, I get it. I bring the overall attractiveness of that picture down. But my kids and wife are very adorable. So you have to give the, aw, they're this is so cute, because they are. All right, throw it back up there. There we go. There we go. Okay. So that is my lovely wife, Alexis. She is drastically out of my league, and I'm aware of that fact. Uh, my son, Elliot, he turns four this coming April. He's chaotic. I love him to death. And then our daughter, Addison, we call her Adabear or Addie Bear. Um, we don't, I don't know why we just do. We call our son, Elliot Bubba, even though he's not like this big guy. Like we just call him Bubba for some reason. And then my wife is expecting she's not just holding like a really big burrito she just had for lunch. Um, we are having our third baby. Um, it's going to be a boy. We're going to call him Oliver. We're going to call him Ollie. And we're going to have that baby boy in May. So, so blessed. So blessed. But I wanted you guys to know a little bit about me before we jump in here. So let's get after it. This theme, Kingdom Tapestry. Okay. Now, for, for each and every one of us, we might have different styles, different things we enjoy. How many of you guys got like a poster hanging up in your room? That like, I, did, I never really had posts. You, I feel like everybody has at least one picture or like knickknack on the wall that like your parents put there that you do not want it up there. It's like a cheesy picture or something. I always had like this cheesy, it's very, I appreciate it now, but when I was a kid, my mom used to sing, you are my sunshine to me. All of your, like some of your older leaders will appreciate that. Your grandma does. And m up until I was like 14, my mom would not let me take it down there was this sign in my room that had the first line of that song, You Are My Sunshine with the sun setting and all, and all this stuff. And I'm like, Mom, I'm, I'm 14. I'm, you know, I'm going into high school. Can we take this sign down off the wall? But I never really understood what a tapestry was. So let's, kind of, let's get our bearings here. This is the definition of a tapestry. It's a piece of thick, thick textile fabric with pictures or designs formed by weaving colored weft threads, basically string, just different color string, or by embroidering on canvas, and it's used as a wall hanging or furniture covering. So maybe not your room at home, but maybe if you have an older brother, older sister, uh, uh, older cousin, like these have been slewed across college dorm rooms everywhere. Here's a, here's a couple examples for you guys. But they can look really cool. Does anybody have something like this hanging up in their house? A few of you guys? What, like, does anybody, what's the picture? Does anybody have like a specific picture of a tap? Yeah, what is it? A mushroom. That's okay. Are we talking like, like Super Mario kind of mushroom? It's just, it's just a random standalone mushroom. Lonely mushroom by itself. That's okay. All right. Random. Yeah. Butterflies. Okay. Oh, a Marvel poster, but you have a, like a tapestry. It's a pineapple with sunglasses. A pineapple with sun. That'd be cool. That'd be a cool tapestry. That'd be a cool tapestry. But guys, here's what's so crazy about this. Okay, this these are always or usually they are hand woven threads. Okay, now these are just a couple like modern day examples, but this one's crazy. Check this out. This is from the 16th century in in England. Okay. It's being restored right now. Those three ladies at the bottom, they're trying to fix up some of the different threads. But they've been working on it for 20 years, trying to fix it up. Okay? Now, remember, this thing is, is 500 years old. Now, listen to this. Okay? That is one section. It's 20 feet tall. 
And this one 20-foot-tall tapestry, combined with 12 others, creates one massive tapestry, it's the largest in England, measuring over 230 feet long. Okay? This is one tapestry. It's crazy. But guys, I want you to think about this for a second. This is where we're going this weekend. That's just one piece. Your life has this beautiful design. God has this beautiful, incredible picture, this design he's trying to create with your life. If you look at one single thread, one single moment, one single situation, one single relationship, if you just pulled one string out of that tapestry, it wouldn't make any sense. It would just be a piece of string. But when you put them all together, you see how they're woven together. You can actually see this story starting to be told. And not only do you have a tapestry, a, a, a design for your life, but God wants to fit you into even a bigger design, a bigger plan that he has for each and every one of us. Because guys, tapestries are used for storytelling. Historically, tapestries were used for storytelling all throughout history. It would be handmade. And it would be a genuine product, the, the real thing. Not some knockoff. But it would be a genuine product of creativity and vision. You have to be able to see the big picture. So here's where I want us to start tonight. If you just look at some of those tapestries, or you think about the tapestries that some of your friends were bringing up, even if it was just the mushroom, the standalone mushroom, if you start with a single thread and you start weaving it together to form this tapestry, but you don't know what you want the final picture to look like, then it's not really going to come out right. It might look a little wonky. It's not really going to make sense. There has to be a design in place. There has to be a plan in place. So God's design, this kingdom tapestry that God is trying to create, God has planned out a world that would live in perfect harmony and connectedness through relationship with him. Now guys, this goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, Garden of Eden, the initial moment of creation, that everything is working together in this beautiful harmony. And it's all being held together through him, through his power. Now, guys, here's what's so cool about this. God has this big, massive picture, this grand design for creation. And it ends up serving as this beautiful picture of God's creativity. I really encourage you guys in our times together to bring a Bible with you. But if you don't have one, I got you covered. You can follow along on the screen. Romans 1, we're going to look at verse 20 here. But guys, check this out. I love this. This is so cool. It says, For his, for God's, invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. That's Romans 1.20. And leaders, if you're wondering, I'm using the ESV. But guys, I love this passage. Because what Paul is talking about, Paul was the author of Romans, is that creation shows 
the beauty, the wonder, the awesomeness of God. It reveals his creativity. It reveals his power. It reveals his awesomeness. It reveals his design, his plan that he has for all of creation. And we play a part in that. That's what we're trying to discover. That's what we're trying to discover. So God's design is for all of creation to live in harmony and connectedness with each other. His creativity is shown through creation, through that design, and you and I are a part of it. But I want you to check this out, guys. This is so cool. That God's power to do this, his power to create, it's shown to us from the very beginning of the Bible. All right, up on the screen is Genesis 1-3. I want you guys to look with me. We're going to look just at these first three verses here. I want to show you something. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Verse 3, up on the screen, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, guys, this is so cool. I love this. There's this phrase, okay, and it's Latin, but it's linked to a lot of early churches, Okay. I want you guys to repeat this after me. Repeat this phrase, all right? Fiat ex nihilo. Not bad, not bad. Okay, what that means, fiat simply means command, to speak into existence. And ex nihilo means out of nothing. So God is commanding things to exist out of nothing. All right, now, I kind of gave, there's kind of a giveaway on the screen here. But I'll give you a freebie. What is the original language of the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible? Anybody know, what what was the original language? Hebrew. It's up on the screen. Guys, if you look at the Hebrew of this passage, Genesis 1-3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Look at this. I love this. It's so cool. God said, let him be light, and he was light. Guys, what this passage is showing to us is that God is the very essence of creation. His power is wrapped up in creation. Now remember, that includes you and me. That includes you and me. Now, all throughout Genesis, and I encourage you guys, check this out. Go through Genesis 1. And I want you to look at this. Again and again, God speaks and it becomes... Like that, it just exists. He commands it to exist out of nothing. And he does it again and again and again and again. But then he stops. And I want you to check this out, guys. This is so cool. He stops. And he says, okay, it's time for me to create man. In Genesis 1, it says, let us make man in our image. Now look at this. In Genesis 2, 7, this is so cool. God is speaking things into existence out of nothing. But then when it's time to create man, he gets hands on. Check out this verse. I love this. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. All of creation. Planets, the seas, 
birds of the air. He speaks them into existence out of nothing. But with man, he says, I want to get hands on. I want to design something that mirrors who I am. So guys, God has a design. He has a plan. His creativity is, th- is shown to us through that design, through that plan, through creation itself. And what the Bible is showing us is that you and I are that crucial element to that plan. Because when it comes to you and me, that's where he stops and says, I'm going to take my time on this one. I'm going to invest into this one. And we become the object of God's affection. Ephesians 2.10, guys, I really want you to hang on to this one. This is kind of our key passage for this evening. I love this. Look at this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God's design for you and for me He got hands-on. He created us in his image and says, I got work for you to do. You play a crucial role in my design, in my kingdom tapestry that I am weaving together. That as he forms humanity, he's creating this beautiful picture that is going to reflect his power, his creativity, his awesomeness. Now, guys, I love this. This phrase in the beginning of Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship. For we are his workmanship. If you look up the definition of workmanship, something pops up. Skill, artistry, handiwork. Tapestries were for the rich and powerful. They were luxury items. Guys, I I need your eyes for a moment right now. We're not going to be able to accomplish what we need to accomplish this weekend if you cannot grab on to this. You were not and never will be a mistake. You have been handcrafted by God to be woven into His design into this beautiful image of something fit for royalty. That you, each and every one of you, have been created with the greatest care and value. Now, even though you might have heard what I just said, maybe you weren't listening. Maybe you said, okay, Pastor Brennan, I I get you, but I don't think you understand What you just said, that doesn't apply to me. God's design, it doesn't include me. I'm not included in that design. I've been separated. I've been pushed to the side. I've been left out of every other aspect in my life, and I'm pretty sure God's doing the same thing. I'm not a part of that design. I'm not a part of that beautiful masterpiece that God is trying to create. I would make the picture worse. How many of you guys seen Encanto? Most of you. Come on, are you kidding me? Mirabelle left out of the family picture? Oh, cuts me deep. Cuts me deep. 
But guys, shh, shh. I want to challenge you with something. There's a good chance. I would almost guarantee it. You are looking at yourself way more harshly than the world does, and especially than how God does. I want you guys to check this video out real quick. I'm a forensic artist. Worked for the San Jose Police Department from 1995 to 2011. I showed up to a place I'd never been, and there was a guy with a drafting board. We couldn't see them, they couldn't see us. Tell me about your hair. I didn't know what he was doing, but then I could tell after several questions that he was drawing me. Tell me about your chin. It kind of protrudes a little bit, hmm. especially when I smile. Your jaw? My mom told me I had a big jaw. What would be your most prominent feature? Kind of have a fat, rounder face. The older I've gotten, the more freckles I've gotten. I would say I have a pretty big forehead. Once I get a sketch, I say thank you very much, and then they leave. I don't see them. All I had been told before the sketch was to get friendly with this other woman, Chloe. Today I'm going to ask you some questions about uh, a person you met earlier, and I'm going to ask you some general questions about their face. She was thin, so you could see her cheekbones. And her chin, it was a nice, thin chin. She had nice eyes. They lit up when she spoke. Cute nose. She had blue eyes, very nice blue eyes. So here we are. This is the sketch that you helped me create. And that's a sketch that somebody described of you. So yeah, that's... She looks closed off and fatter, sadder too. Mm -hmm. The second one looks more open, friendly, and happy. Mm -hmm. I should be more grateful of my natural beauty. It impacts the choices and the friends that we make, the jobs we apply for, how we treat our children. It impacts everything. It couldn't be more critical to your happiness. Do you think you're more beautiful than you say? Yeah. Yeah. We spend a lot of time as women analyzing and trying to fix the things that aren't quite right. And we should spend more time appreciating the things that we do like. So you might be looking at yourself through a lens that isn't even accurate. I'm not as attractive as I want to be. I'm not as strong as I want to be. I'm not athletic compared to what I want to be. I didn't get first chair. I didn't get the leading role. I didn't get the, the solo. So all of these things begin to add up, and you start to think, I don't belong in that design. I don't belong in that picture. But the problem is you're basing that idea of beauty on things that God isn't even including in the equation. 
Now, I want to lovingly push back on you guys. I want to challenge you with this for a second. Because here's what you're ultimately saying. You're ultimately saying, I know better than God. His plan to include me, that's, yeah, that's wrong. And you're saying, I know better than God. I love this. Check out this verse in Colossians. Colossians 1. 1.16. Now I want to show you guys something. Listen to this. This is 1.15. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Guys, I need you to hear me. God has created you for himself to be in relationship with him. Do you really think an infinite creator God is going to mess up on something he is designing for himself. You have never been, you are currently not, and you will never be a mistake. But guys, if we can't grab onto that, if we can't start to open ourselves up to that reality, then we're going to miss out entirely on what God has for us this weekend. Because ultimately our big takeaway for this evening in trying to understand God's design, we're going to look at this kingdom tapestry. Then what is the design for this tapestry? We will only see the incredible work God wants to do with us and through us if we can start by seeing why he wants you a part of the picture. He wants each and every one of you a part of that grand design, that beautiful masterpiece he is trying to create. But if you can't see yourself as a part of that picture, then you're going to miss it. You're going to miss out on all that God has for you. That wonder, that awesomeness, the beauty that God has for you. If you can't get past that idea that I'm not good enough for God, wait a second. An all-powerful, infinite creator God. You can't outdo him. He has handcrafted you, handmade you a reflection of his power and beauty and creativity. And I say this because I love you. If that is your mindset, you are dead wrong. God must have messed up on me. I say this respectfully. Shut up. God has never messed up on you and he never will and he wants you a part of this beautiful grand design that he wants to create this kingdom tapestry 
So I want to read this verse one more time, and then I'm going to close in prayer for us. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship. With skill, he crafted you. By definition, it took skill, God's power and creativity. You're a product of that. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, to be used by him, which God prepared beforehand. He had a design in mind, and you're a part of it. And all we need to do is walk in them, to live it out. He set it up. He has planned it out. He's got everything in place. So this weekend, starting tonight, the challenge is, are you willing to open yourself up to say, God, I want you to show me something. I want you to do something with me. I want you to reveal to me how I'm part of this design, this plan, this beautiful tapestry that you're trying to create. And if we're able to do that, I guarantee you, I promise you, the word never, never returns void. God is going to do something incredible in your life. All you got to do is let him. Guys, I am so stoked to be here with you this weekend. Grab me anytime you want to. I'll be swinging through meal times. If somebody can get a headshot on me and paintball, I'll buy you ice cream at the snack shop. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'll tell you right now, me getting shot in the face, that's not part of God's design. All right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. I'm going to turn things back over to Elijah and Jen, and they'll let us know what's next. So if you guys would join me in prayer. Ladies, fellas, you want to do me a favor? Remove your hats. be awesome. Let's pray. Father, I praise you. I thank you so much for what you have for us this weekend. Just in that key passage, we are your workmanship. You've prepared all of this beforehand. You know what's going to happen. But are we willing to open our eyes and see it? You have used your skill. We are a reflection of your power and creativity. We have been fearfully and wonderfully made. We are beautiful in your sight. God, help us to see that you want each and every one of us a part of that kingdom tapestry, that grand design that you have planned out. We praise you. We thank you for giving us the opportunity to be here, to bask in your presence, to get into your word, to enjoy time with each other. Enjoy time in worship. Enjoy time in the word. But change us, God. Help us to see you in a new way. That's going to rock us to our core. We praise you. We thank you for the truth of your word. Bless us this weekend. Keep us safe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.